Good evening, listeners. This is Shirley Jones Luke with Words Like a Knife. So, tonight's uh, segment, I'll be talking about a myriad of things. But first and foremost, uh, the world is still reeling from the unexpected and untimely death of Chadwick Boseman. It's, I have to be honest, I lost my mom three years ago to ovarian cancer and that devastated me. I mean, deep down within my core, I was literally numb and shocked for like a good six months um, after her passing. And I felt those same feelings again last year when Toni Morrison, one of my uh, favorite authors, passed. It was like losing my mom all over again. And now, this year, uh, 2020, August ended with a bang with Chadwick Boseman's passing. And I just wish that all those people were alive, my mom, Toni Morrison, Chadwick, John Lewis, Aretha Franklin, all the people that, that have died from COVID, you know, people have died from other cancers. I mean, it's 2020 and we still can't kick cancer's ass. We can't keep this cancer in check. And, you know, and, it, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Chadwick was, Chadwick was an off, uh, was an actor. He had money. Like, you know, what kind of care was he getting? And he probably was getting the best care that money could buy. Um, I mean, he was dealing with this for four years and he was in an advanced stage. So he probably was already beating the odds by just still being alive four years after his uh, initial diagnosis, you know. And yes, you think that someone, you know, in his position you know, would have the, you know, the access to the best treatments and um, experimental treatments and, and whatever. And, you know, we don't know all the details about his care, um, but we can, we can just assume because of his status that he was probably able to afford any and all treatments possible to combat this disease. And for whatever reason, those treatments did not take uh you know, and and tamp down his cancer, uh, and they, you know, and which eventually killed him. And I'm just like, you know, as a breast cancer uh, sufferer myself, I'm still in remission, thank the Lord. You know, but you know, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, all I thought of was that I was I was going to die. Um, because I had seen so much over the years on the news and in magazines online of people, you know, getting cancer and, and not making it, you know, and, you know, or, and especially women, black women with breast cancer. I mean, you know, you can look up the statistics on Google It's you know, it's not that good, you know, not, you know, and it's like. You know, we have, it seems like, and again, I've talked about this in the previous segment, in the black community, it seems like cancer just hits us differently than in any other ethnic group. And, you know, we have trauma in our DNA. 
and that that trauma triggers a lot of diseases. We're not born with the diseases, but you know, our trauma of being black, trauma of living in certain neighborhoods, environmental trauma, social economic trauma, microaggressions, macroaggressions, you know, that weighs down on a body, diet, exercise, mental health, you know, spiritual health, all of that affects the body in one way, shape or form. And if black people are afflicted by cancer, we also we also have higher rates of high blood pressure, strokes, um, diabetes, you know, so it's just not good all around. And for me, I mean, I know Chadwick also, he did uh, some yoga during uh, the past four years. There were uh, images of him uh, practicing yoga to keep his his body right. And I'm sure that helped in his being able to hold out as long as he did, you know, but still, it's very frustrating that at 43 years old, this man is dead. And, you know, I'm thinking could have more have been done to, you know, keep him around longer or, you know, cure him or what have you. And it's just frustrating. It's, it just seems to me that, you know, black people, 2020 has is not looking at us favorably. I mean, we have losing Chadwick. We have the reemergence of the Elijah McCain case that happened uh, last August of 2019. And um, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery. We lost Kobe Bryant at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's like, damn, you know, majority of the hundred and uh, 85,000, 190,000 uh, people that have died from COVID in the United States, a good percentage of them, a high percentage of them have been black and Latino people, you know? So it seems like 2020 don't like black folks and brown folks, okay? People getting hurt and, and killed at the riots, people being arrested, uh, people being beaten by police, shot by police, injured, killed by police, uh, you know, by um, racist organizations, you know, the good old, bo- the good boy, the proud boys, you know, the alt-right, neo-Nazis, KKK, Aryan race, all this stuff, you know, evangelicals, I don't know. Um, it's just, you know, crazy Christians. It's just, you know, it's like a, a war on black and brown bodies. And of course, the person at, at the top of this country that could quell all of this hatred and divisiveness is just spanning the flames, pouring more oil on the, on the fire. I mean, please people, I can't stress this enough and I'll be stressing it in every single podcast. Please vote on November 3rd, either mail-in ballot or vote in person at a a polling uh, place, but please, vote. Please, we've got to get Trump and all his people, all his mess out of the White House. Okay. You know, even if you don't like the Biden-Harris ticket, if you hate the Trump-Pent ticket more, vote for Biden-Harris. Okay. At least, you know, Trump don't listen to nobody. He don't listen to his own people in the White House. All his advisors and aides, he don't listen to them. He only listens to one person, 
himself. Okay, at least with the Biden-Harris ticket, they will listen and they will act on what they hear. Okay, they care about their reputations. Trump obviously doesn't care about his reputation. And, you know, he's just going to do Trump. He's going to do what he's going to do. And he don't care what people say. You know, he's living in la-la land about his poll numbers. He thinks they're great. He thinks everybody love him. And it's, it's like, you know, he went to Kenosha today. And they, the mayor of Kenosha and the governor of Wisconsin... You know, both told them, don't come to our state. Don't come to Kenosha. Don't come to the state of Wisconsin. Just don't, don't come. You know what Trump do? He came anyway. Because that's Trump. He going to do what he going to do. And he don't care what people tell him. Then while the, the uh, mayor of Portland was giving a briefing, because Portland is still up in the uproar um, and having its own, you know, all kinds, waves of violence after waves of violence. You know, the Portland mayor was trying to, you know, have his briefing and, you know, was blaming Trump because of all his divisiveness. And of course, you know, while Trump is in Kenosha, he's live tweeting, dissing the mayor of Portland. I mean, this guy is just petty. He is just petty. He is like one of them teenage girls that be getting into beasts with people and just be spreading all kinds of lies and and misinformation and disinformation online. It's just, it's incredible to me that this man has been allowed to do as much as he's had done in these four years. It's just incredible to me that this has been allowed to carry on and that nobody, you know, you know, he's been impeached, but he wasn't removed from office, you know, because... One side of Congress is controlled by the Republicans and Mitch McConnell and, you know, Mitch, he, you know, he's going to just do, you know, whatever Trump wants because he believes in what Trump is doing. He agrees with everything Trump uh, does. And even if he doesn't agree with it, he going to go along with it anyway, because he don't he don't like um, uh, poor people, black people, gays, lesbians. He don't like trans people. Nothing. OK, he all he likes is money and power. And he gets that from Trump. Okay, so he returns the favor by making sure that Trump can do whatever, do and say whatever he wants. I mean, I think when Trump said during the back during the campaign um, prior to the election of 2016, he was like, if I go out on a street in New York City and shoot somebody, I still um, would get elected, you know. Now, he hasn't shot anybody, but he's ordered troops into Portland. He threatened to put troops into other cities that were having violence, like Chicago. And, you know, he's he's been all, you know, called the virus a hoax and didn't jump on it and, and get a pandemic team in place to beat back the virus. And now there's like nearly 190,000 people dead, you know, in America alone from the virus. They said that's more people that died in Vietnam. That's more people that, that, that died during 9-11. I mean, damn. That's more people. You know, we've lost more people to COVID-19 than some countries have lost people to COVID-19. So it's just, you know, it's just terrible that we're, we're under siege in America. And it's particularly felt by black and brown people. 
And I just wish that Chadwick was alive so that he could put in his vote. Maybe he mailed it in before he passed. You know, that would be great if he had, had done that before he passed. You know, but, I mean, we're losing too many of our heroes. It's like, as soon as we get somebody that's a beacon of hope for black folks, they're taken away from us. I mean, what is that? I mean, 2020, is it? Is it 2020 got a vendetta against black and brown bodies? Is it the devil? I mean, what, what, what force, what the, some sort of evil force is targeting black and brown people in this country? And it seems to be getting stronger and stronger with each and every day. So again, rest in peace, Chadwick Bozeman. Watch on high. You know, send us your strength and power to persevere through the evil that this country is going through. And, you know, on another note, we have... Um, schools, it's September 1st, school districts are going, opening up more. And of course, there's still a lot of states struggling with the virus. We've already surpassed 6 million cases in the United States alone. And, you know, um, I mean, as as an educator myself, I worry about, you know, what happens when I return to the classroom. You know, and I'm thinking like beforehand, what kind of precautions I need to take to make sure to minimize the spread of the virus in the classroom. And then I worry about my kids going back to their schools and what precautions their schools are taking to minimize the spread in their buildings. And it's just like, we shouldn't have to be doing all this. If Trump had simply got a, his the pandemic team that Obama put together, um, kept those people we probably would be in a different situation now. But no, he thought the virus is a hoax, a democratic ploy, yada, 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 yada. And look where we are. Look where we are. Okay. Look, August was insane and tragic. September, I'm telling you, you need to act right. Okay. People are, are battered and bruised. We are weary. Okay, we are weary. Our hearts are heavy. Okay, give us some hope this month. Bring some joy. Bring some light this month, September. Okay, give us something to lift our spirits because we we can't take no more. All right, I'm, I'm waiting for a zombie invasion or for Putin to walk into the White House and push Trump out the chair and talk about, yep, I'm taking over. Okay, I'm waiting for something. Zombie invasion. Putin take takes over. You know, the aliens come out from outer space and start uh, uh, firing on the planet and destroying the planet. Something. Okay, we got four months left in 2020. All right, we done already been through hell and back and back again. What lies ahead for September? I'm trying to be positive, but I have to be honest. I'm scared. I am scared. Okay, I worry about the COVID. I worry about back to school. I worry about um, opportunities for people to get their jobs back. We got a huge unemployment rate. Um, You know, there's just so much that's happening in this country that is messed up. Okay, and we we just need some hope and some positivity, something that's going to, you know, you know, lift the the, uh, heaviness from our hearts, you know, thinking about. Chadwick, thinking about Kobe. Last year we lost 
you know, Aretha Franklin and Toni Morrison, Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle. I mean, you know, so many people. And it's just like, oh, my God. You know, we need something positive. We need something to lift our spirits and bring us, you know, bring us some some hope. That's what we need, some hope. Shoot, can Obama stage a coup or something? That's what Obama need to do. He need to stage a coup. He need to be coming there with some, with some military people and, and, and just put uh, Trump in some handcuffs and tell him, get your ass out of body here. I'm taking back over. You know, and then Hillary can come in there and they can, they can jointly run the country until the election. And then Biden and Harris can come in and then we can get this country back on track. You know, but even if Biden and Harris win, okay, we still need to deal with the racists that are in this country that have been emboldened by Trump. They've come out the woodwork. They were hiding in the deep, dark shadows. And now they're out there proudly displaying their hate for all to see. And they really don't care about the consequences, you know, because they'll be like, oh, you know, if I lose my job, I'll get another one. Someone will pay me, you know, because, you know, there's a whole bunch of racists in this country, whole bunch of people that don't like black, brown bodies. Okay, whole bunch of people that don't like the LGBTQT plus community. They don't like the trans community. All right. So, you know, just because Trump is dethroned doesn't mean that the racists are going to go back into the woodwork. I mean, some of them have been threatening civil war if Trump uh, loses the presidency. Okay, things might go from bad to worse if he loses the presidency and there's there's out and out fighting across the country. Okay? And it's it's just like, you know, more people could be hurt or lose their lives. It's just ridiculous. We we need pe- cooler, calmer heads need to prevail. We need people to think with reason, okay? Be rational. All right? And look Past people's outward appearance. Stop focusing on skin color. Stop focusing on gender. Stop focusing on sexuality. Okay? Focus on what people can bring to the table to make this country truly great. Because this country has never been great. Okay? Hasn't been great for anybody but white people. That's why they want to make it great again. Alright? Because they want to be back in a time when whites... Um, were the majority, they controlled everything, and you know, blacks had to sit in the back of the bus, or use subst- or go in the back entrance have substandard facilities and unfortunately, in some ways, that's still happening today, but you know, in the decades since Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech and March on Washington you know, black and brown people have made significant gains in American society, okay, culminating, in my opinion, in the election of the first African-American, Black American President, Barack Obama. And D.L. Hewley said it best, Barack Obama represented what America wanted to be and what America could be. And then when Donald Trump was elected, he represented what America is currently racist. And he, if he gets reelected, that's just going to prove to the world that this is a racist, hateful country. 
do we really want that label to be on us? I mean, a lot of other countries don't like America and Americans anyway. You know, why are we going to give them more reason to dislike us? We should be leading the world in terms of how to be a better society. Okay? Not leading the world in racist rhetoric and violence and hate-filled speeches and leaders who want to be dictator wannabes. Okay? We need to do better, America. So come November 3rd, vote. Or before November 3rd, send in your ballot, mail it in. Make sure it goes through the proper channels because... We have voter suppression, which is the other issue I want to talk about. Okay, voter suppression's been going on. We had the issue with the post office. I talked about that in an earlier segment. You know, even though that's been resolved somewhat, there are still issues with people making sure that their ballots get to where they need to be. All right, so if you plan to mail in your ballot, take it to your city hall. Okay, or, you know, don't, don't, or take it to a designated uh, voter ballot place, you know, some sort of uh, box or something, you know, to make sure that if you're mailing in your ballot, your ballot is going to the place where it needs to go. All right. We got to make sure every vote counts and every vote is counted. All right. And then we have um, the what happened recently down in Louisiana, Lake Charles. You know, they had that big massive hurricane. You know, shout out to the people in that area. You know, it's going to take them months, if not years, to recover. So whatever help you can send to those people, please send them help. They need food, water, shelter, clothing, toiletries. Please send that down to the Lake Charles area of Louisiana. Okay. And I think Iowa is still suffering from when they had their tornadoes a few uh, weeks back. So please... You know, if you uh, send out stuff to Iowa, send out stuff to Louisiana, you know, because those two states need some help. Um, And it's just crazy what's going on in this country weather-wise. And, you know, we got the virus, we got hurricanes, we got um, racial protests all over the place. You know, we need some peace and love, people. We need some peace and love. All right. So think about it tomorrow. As you get up and start your day, what you can do in some small way to make where you live, where you work, a better place. And then, you know, pass it on. Have the people that you enrich, make sure that they pay it forward and pass it on and make somebody else's life a little bit better tomorrow. Okay, so thank you for listening tonight, listeners. I am again, Shirley Jones Luke your host of Words Like a Knife. And I wish you a good evening. Be safe. And I wish you a happy tomorrow. Good night.